<laughs> welcome, welcome to another episode of the Psycho Semanticast. Still uh, technically named the Psycho Semantic Podcast because that's its uh, full name, lovingly known as the Psycho Semanticast. Here we are. Anyway, Just clean, uh, didn't see it, huh? Just claim you didn't see it. Delete the tweet. Yeah, I'll delete the tweet. <laughs> Kofifi. Kofifi is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Oh, it's the funniest fucking thing ever. Welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome back, Smoke and Duncan. Hi. Howdy. Uh, see so much. I, I can't say howdy like he says it. That's howdy. That's why howdy. I said hi. Hey, y'all. You got that South Carolina twang that comes from dripping all the barbecue sauce and <laughs> I'm starving fried now. ladies. Oh, southern fried. But uh yeah. we had such a blast last time talking about cannibalism. I'm sorry. We are back <laughs> <laughs> to talk about fascism and totalitarianism and mm. Not that I condone fascism, or any ism for that matter. Isms, in my opinion, are not good. A person should not believe in an ism, he should believe in himself. I quote John Lennon, I don't believe in Beatles, I just believe in me. A good point there. After all, he was the walrus. All sorts of fun stuff like that. So, uh, we're gonna talk about 1997's Starship Troopers, directed by Paul Ver- Verhoeven? Verhoeven, yeah. Verhoeven, who grew up in Nazi-occupied Netherlands. Yeah. Let's call him Polly V. Polly V. Polly V makes him sound like the worst gangster ever. <laughs> hey, hey, Polly V, what are you doing with them bugs over there? <laughs> this motherfucker, you motherfucker, you. I heard this, what you fucking did with Joey Sack of Donuts. <laughs> oh, dear. What's the name of the movie where the guy, is it, is it Goodfellas, where the guy repeats himself? Jimmy Two Times. Just, uh, Tell me two times, two times. Get the papers, get the I'm just going to get the papers, get the papers. <laughs> Which I do at my work. I see, like, I, I quote that line when someone asks me to go and get something. You know, <laughs> and no one gets the fucking joke. And a small part of me inside dies. Oh, that's such a good movie. It's such a fucking good movie. It's only we could link it back to the drug war, which I think we can link it back to. And that, that could be our future. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Political. Everything's political. Everything. Even bring it on, like we already talked about. Bring it on. Goodfellas is pretty much just a, a tale of about prohibition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, oh, prohibition. You know, the untouchables. <laughs> they send one of your guys to the hospital, you send one of theirs to the fucking morgue. <laughs> That's the Chicago way. That's how you get Capone. Apparently, I'm an old beat cop from Ireland, although I am Sean Connery from Scotland. <laughs> oh, we'll do the same voice that I use in every fucking movie even when you watch The Hunt for Red October where I am a Russian submarine commander which is difficult to see when you use your essies like this Do you know what a blood oath is, Mr. Ness? Because you just took one Sean Connery's a former Highlander and there's a movie that we recently watched that has two of the motherfuckers in it <laughs> <laughs> This movie <laughs> Oh yes, and Clancy Brown. Yeah, Clancy Brown, like Clancy Brown, is the ultimate hero of Starship Troopers, and that makes me happy because that is the inevitable outcome of everything. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Everything that's good in the world results in Clancy Brown 
like saving the day. And technically, even, I think even Nightmare the, on Elm Street, the remake, <laughs> he's one of the better things in it. <laughs> um, which is, I know it's that's a that's a very shallow pull that I'm pulling from, <laughs> but um, he, he's definitely one of the better things in it. Like to me, to me, I don't see what the big deal would have been with the Kurgan. Uh, you know, ultimately becoming the you know the 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 winner of the competition. I think you would have had smoke like smoke's ideal world, the libertarian lifestyle, the you know the anarchistic background of just do what thou want when thou want and give no fucks about anyone else. It's essentially what you would have that's had. Not, that's not exactly a very good representation. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, paraphr- I'm paraphrasing Smoke's actual Just do whatever you want to anyone. <laughs> Fuck them. No, do whatever you want except to anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Do what, yeah, like Live your own life as yourself. I think that's what would have happened if um, if uh, the Kurgan would have won. Because think about it. The Kurgan only ever looked out for himself. He didn't care about anyone else. And the person that wins the ultimate power controls the destiny of the world. And I think he would just carry that on. He would be like that. Yeah, what are you doing over there? I'm, I'm eating a sandwich. You eat that sandwich. You know what I mean? <laughs> just be like, you go, girl. Um, so, yeah. So, so that's what the prize was? Because it was never really defined. From the, the prize was like all the knowledge um, in the world to shape the world. How did McLeod win it or no? I don't. don't. Uh, McLeod McLeod does win it, and McLeod tries to make uh like in the second movie. If we're gonna look at that fucking movie, in the second movie, he creates a device to save the ozone layer by destroying the ozone layer. Turns out the ultimate power is not great if you're fucking a Frenchman. Um, <laughs> if you're a goddamn Frenchman. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that that's is that the one with Ironside, the shitty part two? Oh yeah, Ironside right. is, is fucking pretty amazing in part two. He's fucking phenomenal in Starship Troopers. Yeah, Ironside is good, and Ironside is amazing just in anything really. Yeah, just he, because he's Ironside. Yeah, he plays. But you think of the majority of the roles you see Ironside in as a villain. Um, he he's actually a good guy in this movie, even though what is coming out of his mouth is ultimately one of the, the strongest messages within the movie um, they're, they're put through a vehicle of someone that that purely believes in the in the um, in the, the the mantra of patriotism yeah uh, his, his character kind of walked kind of walked both sides to me it seemed because he he preached a lot about free will make your own decisions but then he's he's kind of wanting people to go over to the yeah, the state side of things. Did, yeah, did either of you guys read the book? I know Duncan didn't ever say anything about doing it in smoke. You said that you gave up. <laughs> hey guys, fast. remember when I when I said that I was going to totally read the book and you guys believe me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I I had to inter- interject this little bit because it's funny you should say that he sounded like two people uh-huh. because he's an amalgamation of two people. Oh. Uh. Uh, there was a commander in the military called Rathcheck, a Rathcheck, that uh, did all the Come on, you you wanna live forever? sort of shit. Mm-hmm. And he had a teacher that gave him more of the, I'm not saying don't join the military, but I'm not telling you to join the military. Make up your own uh. decisions, be your own man kind of person. That was another teacher. I can't remember his name, but it was a French name, I believe. Oh, it's Johnny fucking... Rico's a uh, Filipino in the book. 
He's a Filipino. Yeah, not in the movie. <laughs> in the, like, apparently, they, everyone that lives in Buenos Aires in the movie is American. <laughs> well, he you said have, you his... have Rico, who is of Flores, yeah, and Carmen Ibanez, yeah, <laughs> like Carmen these Ibanez. Are, and they're played by like the whitest people I've ever seen. <laughs> these are Buenos Aires uh, people. <laughs> Apparently, well, one of them has the whitest name ever, which is Casper Van Dien. Casper, as in Casper the Ghost, the whitest ghost ever. Literally, a whitest name. Van Dien, as in oh, um, I, I left Germany for Argentina after the war. Mr. President, I would not rule out the chance to preserve a nucleus of human specimens. It would not be difficult, my fear. Nuclear reactors could. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. President. <laughs> Oh, they originally wanted Casper uh, Van Dien. Is he still doing shit? Uh, he was in Starship Troopers too. Fuck no, off! I, it was I three. Think. Was it three? Yeah, I, oh, I yeah. Just you watched, watched those. Uh, I didn't watch those because I've seen them before, and that's that's enough. Oh my god! I, he's in a <laughs> he's in a oh, this is the greatest. He's in a He's, he wasn't Sleepy Hollow, but he was, <laughs> he was in a, a TV movie from 2015 called Sharktopus versus Werewolf. <laughs> That's got to be a sci-fi original there. I wonder if he plays Johnny Rico. Oh, yeah. Johnny <laughs> automatically make that movie one star higher. But, uh, yes. Originally, uh, Verhoeven wanted to get a young fellow by the name of Marky Mark. Oh, could you imagine <laughs> Wahlberg in this fucking movie? <laughs> Wahlberg from Argentina. <laughs> oh my god, his fucking thick accent. That would have been. Hey, hey Bugs, say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from feckin', feckin' Buenos Aires. <laughs> Down in Southie, Southie Buenos Aires. <laughs> Southie Buenos Aires. <laughs> Southie Buenos Aires. <laughs> oh, no, 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 let's, let's just take a second. Right. These bugs are wicked big. <laughs> Let's just take a wee second here to say that Denise Richards is hot as fuck. Right? I'm just saying it. I'm yeah, saying what we're all thinking. And this is this is prime time this, Denise Richards. This is like nineteen this is the late nineties Denise Richards where she is, is just right in all she, the right places. I think yeah. she's on the verge of being that super it girl. And I think wild things was what yeah, took her way over the top. Yeah, it took her over the edge. And I mean, that comes out the year after. Um, and, you know, it's like from there. Uh, one of my favorite roles, actually, of hers uh, is um, the lesser known and appreciated Drop Dead Gorgeous, which I think is one of the greatest full documentary movies of all fucking time. Um, yeah, and if you've never good. seen if you've never seen it, people out there, go and see Oh, you've never seen Drop Dead Gorgeous? Dude, we... I was too busy watching political action thrillers like Bring It On. Yeah, well, see, see if you watch, see, see, see if you watch Drop Dead Gorgeous, um, you will understand very, very, very quickly um, how dark that fucking movie is. <laughs> it is bleak as balls. It's amazing. I fucking love it, and she is phenomenal in it. Uh, we, we get a uh, we get Dina Meyer flashing her boobs everywhere, but so Denise much Richards, in this movie. Yeah, but Denise Richards doesn't do this and you think that's like a director's decision or she just didn't want to because later yeah i think it's maybe for this movie she doesn't do it but she later wild been contractually things. obligated to save her boobs for wild things who maybe knows? yeah who what's nev campbell saving hers for Shh. Lucy 
breasts. I want to see Jamie Lee's breasts. When do yes. we see Jamie yes. Lee's breasts? Breasts? Not until Trading Places in 83. Jamie Lee was always the virgin in horror movies. She never showed her tits until she went legit. Could afford a decent pair. <laughs> What'd you say? I don't know. Neff, Neff Campbell's is aging like a fine wine, though. She's in the new, she's in House of Cards at the moment, and she's fucking. She's up there with, well, she's not quite Gillian Anderson because Gillian Anderson for me is a goddess right now. Like, like, see Gillian Anderson appearing in the most recent episode of American Gods as both David Bowie and Marilyn Monroe mm-hmm. had me conflicted in ways that I never thought was possible. <laughs> what? I, I would have fucked the shit out of David Bowie. <laughs> she is so fucking hot and her David Bowie accent was fucking amazing even though she did sound like the roadie from Wayne's World 2 <laughs> she's like she was, she's like, you got me on that one she's them like, to death with their own shoes like, and Aussie wouldn't go on stage if I didn't find our brandy glass filled with brown heavens I'll tell you what we had to do though <laughs> the shopkeeper and his son, that was a different story. I had to beat them to death with their own shoes. <laughs> Which is kind of how Gillian Anderson sounds as David Bowie. And once again, totally conflicted. I had the biggest fucking rage boner ever um, and felt weird about it. I pass it, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm throwing things off. I'm being deliberately mischievous tonight, and I think it's because I'm drinking. Um what are you sipping on? Uh, what y'all drinking on? Sipping on some scissor. No, I'm not doing that. I'm on a combination of pretentious beers. So I've just finished a, a maritime salted caramel porter, which I don't even fucking know what that means. It tasted all right. Uh, and now I'm on a blood orange wheat beer and a grapefruit IPA from the local Marks and Spencers. Mm. So there nice. I've I've got some... Uh, Local micro brew selections as well. Ooh, I've got a, a t- twisted tea, hard iced tea original, <laughs> and uh, and I've got Mike's harder lemonade. Is, is Ooh, twist- harder lemonade? Is, is yeah. twisted tea when iced tea gets like crunk? <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> it's when he gets uh, tongue tied. Nuts. <laughs> 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 yeah, so, so this movie uh, has hot women, has a whole lots of whole lot of tits, a lot of tits in this movie, a lot of ass as well, uh, a yes. lot of ass, both lot male ass. and female. Yeah, uh, stunt ass for Casper Van Dien for anybody that uh, didn't watch the cast Damn, director a... commentary. Is that a, Damn, stunt, that was a ass? stunt ass? Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my fuck! He had a stunt Get your ass. ass. And. Uh, <laughs> To make everybody more comfortable, the director of photography and Paul Verhoeven did uh, one or two takes of that scene also naked. No, I, I don't think that's to make everyone else comfortable. I think it's to make Verhoeven more comfortable. He, he was a little <laughs> surprised at how uptight Americans were about sex and nudity and the, the deleted storyline where Carmen was totally fucking that uh, tall brown haired guy. Uh, oh, the other pilot did. Michael Muldoon or whatever his name is. Yeah, Michael Mul- uh, Patrick Muldoon. Patrick Muldoon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was whole side storyline where they were, they were, they were doing it, and uh, the test audience, even though she'd already broken up with Rico, like the test audience were like, "Kill the whore," and all, <laughs> all sorts of like shit. So he's like, everybody got pissed off, and I want I want you to like Denise Richards in this movie. <laughs> 
the whore. Dina Meyer, is she, she likable, really? Because she's kind of stalkerish. Um, yeah, well, she, she dies was... in the movie, so I, I think she's. I think the the ultimate irony, quote unquote, about the movie is that she is criticizing Johnny Rico for joining the infantry because of a woman, and she is joining the infantry because of a guy. You know, she's stalking him yeah. um, mm-hmm. as much as she does because she is totally infatuated with him, which plays out in a way where ultimately she's far more supportive. She she support you know goes as far as as risking everything for him at one point um and you know it says a lot about how she dies that our our final words are you know i you know i got you <laughs> that's yeah. that's so that's such a which, is, which is such a dark thing to see in the context like, of it see, it's okay that stop. i'm dying because i fucked you <laughs> time is time is different smoke in 1997 stalking wasn't as bad as it's perceived right now. It was still pretty bad. It was, it was a simpler like, I got time. some of that Casper dick. <laughs> Casper Van Dick. Um, Casper Van Dick. Well, I, th- I think what we'll miss oh, out the, is uh, the most important role in this movie, right? The most important surprise role for me, revisiting this one, is... Oh, uh, PH. <laughs> no, it's no. not that at all. It's the fact that the biology teacher is played by a golden girl. Yes, Rue McClanahan, yeah? That was Rue McClanahan? Yes, when she's walking around going, actually, insects are a lot more sophisticated than people. (laughs) She's got the fucked up eyes. They burned my fucking eyes. (laughs) That's Rue McClanahan. (laughs) I I had no idea. Thank you for being a friend. Oh, yeah. We get traveling down the road back again. Sorry, uh, but yeah, the cast is surprisingly fucking on point. You've got Jake Busey, who's basically his father's son minus a crazy. Um, you you have Neil Patrick Harris, like a very young Neil Patrick Harris, before he you know became like a heartthrob to all of Americans' women, and then said he, he was the ultimate troll. He's like, love me, love me, love me, love me. I'm gay. I love pain. <laughs> you get my dick. Ain't no bitch get my dick like that. Um, which I we get a oh he's. Of, of all the people in this movie, like Casper Van Dien and Denise Richards, you'd think like they're going to go on superstardom. But Neil Patrick Harris blew out everyone. In this yeah, I took, I took time, though. He, you, know, like, you think about I mean, it. He was already doogie, but... Yeah, he didn't become like... He, Neil Patrick Harris is now huge now, but it didn't happen even right after... Yeah, it was like mid two thousands before his career really started to become like the the ultimate juggernaut that it is now. Um, like after yeah, Harold and Kumar, right? And then yeah, it just right sort after Harold snowballed. It's It's a vehicle for so many people. That movie. Um, you know, like if you were on that, if you were in the cast list for that movie, you were on to great things. Um, One of them yeah, got a job in the Obama White House. I know. It's like and the hired a singer. <laughs> in the second half of this movie we get a young Father Gabriel from Walking Dead you do indeed fucking mm. hell <laughs> yeah oh he looks so got, tiny yeah he, he looks completely he's so young and much younger looking in this yeah just a bit <laughs> it's, it's such a it's such, I think it's such a, a really cool like I mean it's 20 years but, but yeah, I don't know, you know what I'm saying it is 20 years old which in itself is pretty fucking makes me feel so old why are we doing this movie <laughs> Let's do Boss Baby. Yeah, who we'll picked this movie? <laughs> uh, this is me. And the only reason, like, can we uh, peek behind the curtain here? The only reason I chose this movie is because Smoke 
every like four or five nights gets belligerently drunk and then sends me a message true. saying, pick a movie so we can go back on Darren's show. <laughs> this is true. Which oh, is exactly true. what happened. And I was like, that. yeah, I'll totally do it. And then I'd forget. And then four days later, another belligerent drunk message from Smoke saying, pick a movie to go on Darren's show. <laughs> the, the Long Pigs was a blast, I thought. I thought it was a great review, and to me, like, like see when Dern announced that this was the show you were doing, there was a couple of movies that sprung to mind as being, you know, kind of heavy-hitting movies which I would want to discuss and want to watch that have, at their core, a very political message, or, you know, a very social, socially present message, and Starship Troopers is, like, one or two on that list. It's so far fucking near the top, it's unbelievable. Um, it was one of the first I, I ever wrote down. Yeah, I, I think it's because... I think Smoke hit the nail on the head. When it came out, it didn't really play for adults. It played for a lot of teenagers. That was the market it was aiming for. And all those teenagers now have grown up and they've experienced the world as it's gone. And then when you go back to Starship Troopers, you get the message. Like, as a teenager, I had no idea. It's satire. It's like uh, like when I was a kid, I when I watched Top Gun, I had no idea that it was blatant propaganda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It is, though, but that's, that's how you do it. You, like... Movies are a vehicle to. There's no. There's no surprise that um, a movie like American Sniper does incredible. Oh yeah. Every year that it comes out, <laughs> um, they are. They're, they're they're used as that. On some level, they're used as movies are escapism, but they're also um, a great way of putting forward someone's point of view. You know, a director could have. I think. Paul Verhoeven probably believes I, I think not knowing, not having read the book, but not promising that I'd read it like smoke, so I'm my consciousness <laughs> um, uh, like I don't know you guys how... should have known damn well I wouldn't get read it <laughs> I don't, I don't you know how much have known of, that I would <laughs> I don't know how much of of Paul Verhoeven's um, actual opinions of things are actually in this movie or how far it stems different from the book when it comes to you know I mean there's I think the, the fact that in both Robocop and Starship Troopers we have like advertisements like front and centre and you know the, the mediums change so whether it's you know by the you know the, whatever the car was the SUX you know which is in itself a very funny <laughs> joke because that spell sucks so but people want that um, and, and you know all the stuff that was out in Robocop and then comparing it to this which is like everything is propaganda everything you see here is propaganda but everything you see here is pretty much how the army recruits <laughs> like, I think probably around the time this was out there was there were these navy commercials that had Godsmack blasting <laughs> and then it, I, I'm serious and then it had Keith <laughs> David like uh, doing voiceover with all these uh, Navy people doing this awesome shit. Hmm. I was like, "Damn, this that looks that looks pretty cool." I might think about the Navy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's how the it's how the Navy. S- it's fucking awesome. <laughs> Which was Smoke's catchphrase for it. It was Smoke's selling line, and unfortunately, um, he never got that job in marketing because he didn't understand it. <laughs> not to swear on TV for advertisement, Smoke. But if Keith David tells you something that's really awesome, you're gonna believe it. Of course, I and mean, trustworthy, isn't he? Totally. Um, but what what I love about this as well is the, I mean, ultimately we could just maybe we'll loosely cover this movie like we did last time. Uh, so the ultimate story of this movie is that in in post um, democratic society, so like the, the 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 this idea of a democratic culture has crumbled and fallen, um, and the, the, do we ever really get much 
uh, hindsight into how this government actually runs in this. Well, movie? it's not even a government; it's a world. It's a it's a world organization. It's a new world order. It is essentially in this movie it is a new world order, and you get it very briefly explained by Michael Ironside, who says that you know democracies failed, you know they they, they failed the people, etc. And his statement about you know. Um, but you do have voting, but it's by like a caste system determined. You can only by vote service. if you're a citizen. Yeah, and yeah. the only way to become a citizen is to do service. Yeah. So you, you have to state obedience is what gets you a little bit of say. So yeah, yeah. essentially, you, you need to you need to serve in order to <laughs> you need to serve to become a politician. To um, but as soon as by the soon as things have kids, it makes it easier on your application yeah, to get a. Get a license to have kids. To, to get a license to have kids. Uh, which and, is, once you said that though, um, Johnny Johnny Rico. I'm assuming his parents aren't citizens. They're just rich as fuck. They're rich as fuck. So once again, uh, I don't think that changes smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they basically. I don't know. They can't vote, but they yeah. can vote. And so the, uh, <laughs> that's one of the other things they got cut out was that. Uh, uh, Carmen's dad hated Rico because he wasn't a citizen. Yeah. He's some citizenless bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a muggle. Um, <laughs> seen before. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, we're, we're in this world now where, um, you know, the, the, uh, there's, there appears to be more kind of class system, but based on your involvement with the military, you, your service, which... Um, this movie takes place during this huge kind of conflict where it looks like, and I'm not saying that this is maybe what Verhoeven is pointing to, it kind of looks like humans are trying to instigate a war somewhere else. Yeah, this, um, yes. it's uh, it's briefly mentioned in, uh, like, the reporter yeah, at just one point says it. Kind of, you know, like, they, they were Mormon. interfering where we shouldn't be. Um, oh, yeah, the... Mormon extremists. <laughs> <laughs> I got a kick. I had to rewind that. But Mormon anyway. extremists. <laughs> to Fully automatic burrito. Who wants to hold it? Citizen rule. People making a better tomorrow. <laughs> A murderer was captured this morning and tried today. Guilty. Sentence, death. Execution tonight at 6, all net, all channels. Would you like to know more? If you think you're psychic, maybe you are. Federal studies are being conducted in your community. Would you like to know more? Every school kid knows that arachnids are dangerous. However, Mormon extremists disregarded federal warnings and established Port Joe Smith, deep inside the arachnid quarantine zone. Too late, they realized that Dantana had already been chosen by other colonists, arachnids. Would you like to know more? <laughs> to engage this war with um, the insects, the bugs, um, and then 
almost as if predicting 9-11 um, <laughs> when, 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 when the bugs commit an act of terror on um, on the world soil, not America's soil, because this movie is not, not a scathing indictment about American foreign policy at all. It's not doing it. Don't look at the movie that way. Don't look at it. Um, it galvanizes the people together and then the earth goes to war with the bugs. Um, the this this whole thing, uh, it, it was pre nine eleven. Yes, it, it also seemed to me like we have uh, you have the bugs attack, and it's possible retaliation for something that may have happened. And then you have like the propaganda, the nationalism, and uh, using the atrocities to your benefit, civil obedience, and whatnot. It's if you had if you had like a a guy running around with mechanical legs, rounding up bugs and putting them into concentration camps, mm-hmm. then you could probably pretty much just call the movie FDR Bug Slayer. <laughs> or Discus <laughs> 9. Yeah. I mean, like, when, like the whole thing kind of echoes World War II also. Yeah, when, when was I mean, out? from all sides, actually. When was when what? Was, when was the book published? 1959. Jesus Christ. The book oh, is really, really right-wing pro-military. I would never have got that. From yeah. this movie. <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, well, uh, Verhoeven. Like, read, twist like, it to his own. That's what's great about Verhoeven. And, it's like that. Yeah. Like, I read a chapter book. or two and said, fuck this. Uh, we're making a the, different movie. The movie was actually supposed to be called, like, Outpost, uh, some shit. It was supposed to be something else entirely, but it was. I think they saw that it was really close to this story, so they just and picked up the rights. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's, I think I think what's really like what's really interesting about it is the time. I mean, the time period that comes out nineteen ninety seven. This is post um, original Gulf War, so Desert Storm, where basically you know America had invaded, um, like they had done with a few countries before that, uh, <laughs> had invaded countries which they had supplied a great deal of arms to, and a bit of support at, at a certain time because they they had. Um, they had been keeping communism at bay. Uh, you know, certain countries had been doing what they wanted. Um, and then ultimately when these people, when the threat is quote unquote removed or um, these people get a bit too big for their britches, which I believe is an American term. Um, we don't have britches in the UK. Um, that's when that's when we go to war. And I, I, there is, there's a lot of, the way I like so those movies, there has a lot of those feelings of kind of Gulf War, of kind of, you know, Vietnam, um, these different elements of, of of kind of commentary there as well. But I think maybe what's so ahead of its time in terms of the interpretation of the book is that I think like, almost all wars on some level are kind of started this way. Um, whether it's um, even if you look at the Second World War, for example, you know I don't I had had countries reacted a bit quicker um, to you know Nazi Germany invading other countries around them um, before saying to them, by the way, if, if you take one more, I know this is the fourth country you've went into, but you know you go into that country, this is the final line. Um, My teacher. Yes, little Hitler. My desk is small. I need this Polish boy's desk also. Everyone gets the same size desk, little Hitler. Now, class. My teacher, I will need the Czechoslovakian boy's desk as well. Little Hitler, where's little Pulaski? What's going on here? (laughs) It's not my problem. 
Now it's my problem. Little Hitler, Dude, this is it. I'm serious. This is my serious face. My serious frowny face. Um, you know, I, I that could have been averted to an extent. So I think it's this kind of either propping up or inaction, which ultimately leads to what the what the. I mean, you, there's no way you can look at this movie and not take away when I was talking about modern examples, specifically something like. Um, you know the 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 terror attacks, nine eleven, um, Al Qaeda, and stuff it's like that. It's is is eerily like nine eleven. Really, it's, it's on the that. nose. It's on the nose. It's it's you know America, like it, America, basically arming Afghani's or, or poking the bear, so to speak, um, to to hold back the the Soviet. Um, the Soviet presence in the oh, yeah, there's a there's another uh, kind of a propagandist movie. I think Rambo three, <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie like it's, it says at the end like uh, yeah. it's dedicated to the brave men and women of the Mujahideen. Yeah, <laughs> which would later become Al Qaeda. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. Because back back then we were all about well, I say we were, you were, and um, you were all about supporting them. I think maybe the UK's position was probably on side with America because that's how government works over here. Um, that was like, the time that, of was not it? Yeah, uh, yes, it would have been. And Thatcher was very much pro Reagan. I'm sure. Like, they... like how, <laughs> like how this movie flew like under the radar as far as. It being satire for me and I guess a lot of other people. I wonder if, like, First Blood seemed like an anti-war movie, but people loved it. And then after that, Rambo turned into just outright the biggest warmonger of all time. This is Rambo. I mean, Rambo. Like, Rambo is the you know the the as soon as you become a character that people know, that's when you can market that to put over any message you want. Yeah, I mean, any message at all, because people don't necessarily consciously take in the message, they take in the character. Uh, so you root for the yeah, good guy, quote-unquote good guy. It's Rambo, regardless what situation like in, they're actually in. It's, like in. it's like in First Blood, people didn't see that this this was, this was character is kind of saying, like, the Vietnam War was not a good thing, for especially for this guy and whatnot. And then they disregard that, and they're like, but look at him kill these motherfuckers really yeah. awesomely. Or, 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 or the ultimate message of that story is this guy is a terrorist. <laughs> let's, let's, that? Let's, let's not gloss over that. If we're using <laughs> modern terms right now, see if anyone came back from any war and then started, like, I don't know, holding a, a tin <laughs> hostage. Uh, <laughs> that would be classed as an act of terror regardless where he'd served. Um, the cops were fucking with him, though. <laughs> They were fucking well, man. They were not nice cops, but at the same time, First blood, not me. Terrorists. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, like in terms of like Starship Troopers, what you have is you have that message of of a, a civilization, so to speak, um, who are who have been experimenting, prodding at, and picking at this, you know, this enemy of theirs. And then this enemy fights back, and as soon as this enemy fights back, it's it's fucking war. And then you get the propaganda machine of those TV bits that come up. You know, would you like to know more? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think are fucking amazing. And one of the greatest ones is uh, is the bit where you see the kids stomp on the bugs. <laughs> yeah. We're doing our part. But we're doing our part, and they're like stamping them. And the mum is standing in the background clapping and 
and laughing <laughs> at them. Oh, oh yeah, she's laughing in such a bizarre way. It's such a, it's so much glee and happiness about about what these kids are doing, and it's this, it's objectifying. And in the case of if you were taking this into a message which is purely a human message, is dehumanizing the enemy. They're mm-hmm. no longer people, and uh, th- th- that's that's kind of what that scene is doing. Is that yes. you know, these intelligent versions of these bugs are no different from these bugs? So, it's like if you if you go back to World War Two propaganda, like uh, that, Bugs Bunny nips the nips mm. and uh, and things like that. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just it's taking this these whole people and just making them seem very foreign and different, like they're not humans. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what they do. and that's what I love about this movie. I think that's probably the strongest thing about this movie is all those individual clips like really show you how propaganda is used to mould the minds of people and how susceptible people are to it. Um, we have a character, we have our like our, our Rico character who has essentially decided that this is not for him. This was a stupid idea. Um, and as as soon as the act of terror comes, it's all bugs must die. Now, granted, you could see that, that that message is almost universal. If someone killed your family, chances are you'd want yeah. vengeance. Um, I'm from Buenos Aires, and I say kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am I am the the whitest man on the planet with the whitest <laughs> name ever, um, and I'm from Buenos Aires, uh, which had been Casper Van Dien doesn't even seem like a, a real person he's like like something made in a lab yeah he's like he's like he has a look about him as well which is just he's got that chiseled face which kind of looks like you know like someone's decided in a mad like lab to make a you know handsome mcpretty uh should be his name you know what i mean back in 1997 uh you know he's got um he's just got a look about him which is you know leading man this is the leading man of a movie he's not a great actor which I suspect is why he's not really went on to do much <laughs> after this. Movie. I, I think I, I think I read somewhere that this was kind of intentional, where uh, like uh, I guess with Denise Richards as well, like you, you're getting like these super pretty people, mm-hmm. and then and they're kind of almost bland when they're acting and whatnot. Do you think it's do you think it's a a, a play on America? It's a little bit uh, of a mate, play on America. What are you saying there, Scotty? I think. <laughs> <laughs> That we're that in Scotland we're all ugly, but we have great personalities. <laughs> um, but also, uh, Verhoeven framed the movie as such, where it began with the beginning of a propaganda video and it ended with the ending of a propaganda video. So the whole movie could be a propaganda video. It's, oh, it's yeah. like Triumph of the Will. In I think the year was twenty one ninety seven, so one hundred and eighty years from now. Mm-hmm. Is where we are, and they're still using primitive uh, well, rifles. Before you go off of one here, I will say that their prediction, the prediction and interpretation of how the future will look, I think, is more like how the future will look, like the way buildings look, um, the way architecture looks, and stuff like that. I don't think there's going to be fucking like see people that keep talking about like hover cars and shit like that. Nah, sorry. <laughs> I don't think I don't think in my lifetime we're going to see the sky filled with hover cars. This is not going to be like no fucking. It ain't going to be Blade Runner up in this bitch. You know what I mean? And the time they that have... I've left on this planet, in the next seventy years, that's not going to be there. I I actually really like the presentation of the future. I think it feels 
It feels futuristic without too many changes. They have a warp speed hyperdrives that can travel light years in seconds, but we're still like you know shooting basic bullets out of rifles though. Because it's effective. Except in practice, we have freaking laser, freaking laser beams. Freaking laser beams. <laughs> All I asked for was sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. Um, like, but give me out one of those practice guns. Yeah, I th- but I think isn't. Well, that right, was laser put, tag. This, right. Let me put it this way. Right. The gun is. The gun has been around for how long? Uh, a couple hundred? Three, I don't know. Four hundred? Three, four hundred? <laughs> no, I mean, didn't the Chinese kind of have a 20 gun? Years. Five years. Five years ago. <laughs> Five minutes when I picked mine up. <laughs> uh, so, right, the gun has been around for a long, long time, right? And technologically speaking, all that has been improved is how quick we can fire them. And right? how far, yeah. And how far, Right. You think about like something like the television or the telephone or computers or technology that way has went so far ahead of that. Because sometimes when it comes to technology, advancements happen a lot quicker in other fields than they do with that. A gun, when you shoot at someone, will kill someone. It does its job. Do we need to improve it? The only thing we need to improve is how quick we can fire it, um, You know how many more bullets it can hold and how far it can shoot. So yeah. that to me is well, that to me is one of the most believable things in the fucking movie, not the Star well, there, or anything. But, but, but also they're sending in ground troops to Clandathar or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, but uh, we don't even do that today, really. No, As, well, no. But if, if anything, that's we, the, we got robots. Yeah, but the, you space think, robots. You think about you, <laughs> <laughs> this movie had been made in Obama era. Uh, America, um, uh, you know, Casper Van Dien would have not been in this one. It would have been a drone called Wally. Wally. But I was going to say, I was going to say um, that, like, w- when I look at, I look at their interpretation of the future. I kind of love it because it kind of has that almost. There's almost that kind of Marine Corps Vietnam sort of mentality once again preceding vietnam as a book which fucking blows me away but there's a lot of that taken in to the way this movie's done with, with the the attitudes and the you know the, the marine corps and how that scene etc and kind of this movie in such a way that i just think it's i think this movie is either like intentionally amazing or unintentionally brilliant <laughs> you know what i mean i i, I Either yeah. Hoven, like one hundred percent scripts, everything, and so he's so, you know, so ahead of of the kind of social commentary in movies that he makes a movie which, I think, twenty years on, we've all just said feels more pertinent and more important than when it did when it came out. Um, so it's almost like he's seen the writing on the wall, or by accident. This, hey, this guy is. I, I think it's probably a mix. It's, it's just done. It's, it's so so strange because. We ultimately end up on, you know, we, we fight this offensive and the first initial offensive backfires horribly um, and, and then plunges things down. I love the fact that what's seen as a victory in this movie, right? Like, you think about the victory in this movie is the revelation that the bugs, are, the bugs are afraid. It's afraid. They're afraid. Yeah. They're afraid. He's afraid. Yay! He's had his fucking 
what would be what be the equivalent of like a, a fucking water, waterboarding session is essentially what's happened to this bug. It's had its inside tube thing cut off. It's dragged out in front of a lot of people with fucking guns. It's enemy around them, and it's 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 the pussy bug. You know what I mean? It's, it's not the fighting bug. It's the brain bug. That's when they kind of uh, drop all pretense because Neil Patrick Harris walks out in a full-on U.S. I mean, a uh, SS Nazi uniform. Yeah, he walks out like the Gestapo. That's right. <laughs> Rubber that's all I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that, that's just interesting. But what I like is the change in the, the characters as well. Um, so when we first meet these three, they're all friends. They're all really friendly. The rest of their life ahead of them and the journey to that point Oops. makes... One of them, you know, totally... In fact, the only one that comes off kind of remotely human at the end of this movie is, De- is Denise Richards. No, I don't think she ever came across as human. She, well, she, she does. <laughs> she's the only one. She's the only one when she finds out that the operation that kills um, Dana Meyer's character was deliberately set up that way with loss of life. She's the only one that's outraged by that. Yeah. She said you sent them in even but though you can't, they would die, right? She's the only one that reacts that way. Um, you can tell it by her acting. <laughs> right. And, and the she's, grand... she's like just a vapid smile. <laughs> she's a fucking beautiful vapid smile, right? I mean, I, I won't argue that. But... She, she, did, she did something to make NPH go, you disapprove. Well, too bad. Yeah, exactly. This is a numbers game. Yeah, like essentially, it says this is a number. This is a number game, boys and girls, which I love. I think it's great because that character totally changes. But yeah, like Neil Patrick Harris in that scene basically says, "I find your lack of faith disturbing." <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's full on. He's full on Darth Vader. He has the Force. He can control. Yes, the Jedi mind yeah. trick. That's yeah. his power in this movie. He's he got Fred's running around doing his bidding. He yeah. can do. He can read minds and you know. Can, can make people do what he wants, but your your spawns will like uh, his transformation as a character is the intelligence side of the Nazis, or well, that that you have the ground troops. You it's know, like a mingle or something. Uh, M- mangler. The mangler. Mangler. Yeah. Let's watch the mangler. Yeah. Let's do this. Mangler Part Three still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is the mangler? It's like I, I saw part of it, but it looked like it was like a printing press that kills people. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one based off the Stephen King short story? Yeah. Okay. The one directed by Toby Hooper. It's fucking awful. It looked awful as fuck. It's terrible. It's actually, it's one of a, like, how, how can you go from, what a tangent here, ladies and gentlemen, how can you go from, from directing the Salem's Lot, which is arguably one of the greatest Stephen King adaptations, to doing the fucking Mangler? <laughs> and plus Robert England, he'll do anything for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. Oh yeah, yeah, including including dress up like Freddy, even though he said three times uh, previous to the amount of times he's done Freddy that he was never gonna do it again. Turns out turns out as soon as that checkbook opens, that that uh, that kind of wafer thin moral, moral high ground that he has uh, it's that, a wafer thin. It's wafer thin. <laughs> but yeah, like so you, like you have um, really the only character if she could act better that comes across as kind of human at the end of this one in Karen is you know, as Ibanez, his character, and I've just realised that Ibanez is the make of a guitar. So, <laughs> yeah, so there we go. But uh, that wasn't funny. Don't laugh at that. Uh, Denise Richards' character, you, you'd see that Casper Van Dien at the end is very happy to send trips in to die his own men, although he will, he will front them and fully expects to die himself. Um, and then you have Neil Patrick Harris, who has no qualms at all about sending thousands upon thousands of men 
to their death. Um, it's how yeah. it shapes them, and that's how war shapes people. And, and not only... Yeah, Rico's character arc isn't entirely like a sympathetic one. It's not. By the end of this one, he's, he's sending people... At one point, he fucking... At one point, he is fully happy, even though he changes his mind when he's finally picked up on it, he's fully happy to send all his men, his whole battalion, away from their mission to go after Denise Richards when he finds that she's still alive. And what then fucking Boosie's character talks about it. <laughs> he's like, yeah. maybe we shouldn't break orders. And he's like, yeah, right, everyone go that way, but I still need two. Like, Busey, is he the creepiest looking creature to ever exist? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a scene where um, when uh, Rico and Flores are dancing together. Yes, yes, and he's to, playing uh, the, the green like, violin. He so badly wants in on that. He wants a three-way. Either that or wants to sit in the corner, watch some fuck and jack it. <laughs> it's like so voyeuristic. He, like, he, he like comes up and you can see him in between and that look he's got on his face is like, it's kind of nightmarish. Yeah, well, this is why he's in the Frighteners. I got me a score of 13. Um, you know what I mean? That's why he's fucking amazing as a serial killer, um, which is the year before this. You know what I mean? He does the Frighteners the year before this. Uh, by the way, Frighteners is a fucking amazing movie. He's definitely his father's son. There's no question about that. Yeah, he's just that. right. crazy. <laughs> which, in fairness, Gary Busey only got because he was in a bad automotive accident. Oh, and now right. he's like, he is fucking crazy, crazy. Like, super crazy. <laughs> There's an advertisement in the UK for, I don't know if it ever made its way to America, or probably started in America, because it's for it was for the Fire Stick, the Amazon Fire Stick, which was just Gary Busey shouting things at the TV. <laughs> just crazies, just going crazy and shouting at the TV. Like, One of the greatest things that's ever happened on TV. Did he, did he know he was in an ad? <laughs> I don't think so. I think cameras just showed up and they put them around the house. And she said, just, just ignore us, ignore us. Here's my Fire Stick, go and work it. Um, it just fucking screamed that TV is amazing. If you're like me, you like talking to things. Hello, Lamp. Hello, Gary. See? But yeah, so so essentially we have it's it's exactly what what um what Darren says is this is a massive long propaganda um satire uh, of a movie which is deliberately set out that way that like you see because it, it says like even at the end we get a propaganda statement, which, you know, they'll keep fighting and we will win. Um, which is such a fucking, such a, like an a American military thing. You know, it's like George Bush standing on the, George Bush Jr. that is saying mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's just catchphrases. It's just statements with no real levity or weight behind them at all. I think that's what makes the movie, <laughs> the movie amazing. Um, is that Either you're for us or you're against us. Essentially, that's it. But and this one, you know, that is... The, Fool me twice. Don't get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> I believe there's an old saying out there in the world, you know, maybe Texas, but I, I know Texas, which, yeah, that old saying exists everywhere, George Bush. It's like, fool me once. Shame on me. <laughs> fool me twice, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you fool me, can't get fooled again. See when he starts saying that, you can see the penny drops where he's like, "That what? I don't know this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say this scene? This was a bad idea. Have I'm glad mentioned- that I didn't see it in a public setting. Oh, it's the same people in front of me. Oh, they're recording me. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. YouTube. <laughs> if, if we mentioned the most badass character in this movie, 
which I think he only has two scenes. Well, it's actually one scene, but it's shown twice. Uh-huh. It's at the very beginning. It's the cameraman that's on Clandathu. <laughs> <laughs> he has ice water in his veins. Yeah, he just films his colleague get fucking eviscerated in front of him, and it doesn't move until he's told to run by a man screaming, holding a gun. I, I don't the even think shot. does he even run then, <laughs> because he's still standing there filming everything. It takes it takes an outright evisceration for him to be like, ah, <laughs> like this guy. He's wanting the story. <laughs> this is he's like Kenny the camera guy in Scream. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> it's all about that shot. All about that shot. <laughs> I kind of love it. Um, <laughs> that's amazing, you have, actually. <laughs> you have the most uh, the most horrific things that anyone's ever witnessed happening all around you, and about to happen to you. You're just like, what? Well, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm getting the shot. Oh, it's so amazing. Yeah. Oh, yes. He's like, but all of the characters. That's the. I think that's the thing about all. I I, I love how like I love how they're. They're showing in a propaganda clip how quick it is to kill one of the arachnids. Like Neil Patrick Harris shows them, and then no one does that in the movie. You're yeah, right. they have them put put like a whole clip in the one. Yeah, <laughs> like no one fucking does it in the movie, which I think is pretty phenomenal. Um, and like Michael Ironside, let's take a second to talk about how amazing he is in this movie. I I just think like he's just like he's. A lot of people talk about like you know Ar- Arlie Ermley uh, when it comes to things like um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, drill sergeants. Yeah, drill sergeant uh, and Full Metal Jacket, um, yeah. and you know, and that sort of like identity of it. Um, and the portrayals of both uh, kind of Clancy Brown's character and Michael Ironside's character in this movie represent two very different kind of styles of the military, so to speak. Um, so you have like um, you have Ironsides coming from I have already you know he's done his time he's a he's a retired war war vet he's now teaching and all the rest so lost he's like arm. yeah oh, lost his arm so he's got yeah, the, the, quote, the funny quote, thing is he's got that stump and he's like touching the students with yeah which is <laughs> creepy it, as fuck it reminded me of uh, that scary movie with Chris Elliott he's got the little <laughs> hand my hand child this, this is my strong hand <laughs> Make way for Fanny. Um, but, um, but back to back to Michael Ironside. Yeah, so Michael Ironside has well, God damn you, man. After that in my head now. I don't need that in my head. Um, oh, it's when he's having an argument with the guy in the wheelchair. He says, I'll be the bigger man and walk away. Walk, walk. away. Okay. Why'd you give him a stand ovation? <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, you give him a round of applause <laughs> oh those movies are so bad <laughs> so bad uh, right so yeah what you get is um, oh, like, so, so in the case of Aaron said you get this guy who has the he's been through the shit that's why he's pissed in the arm he's been through all that but still very staunchly believes in the principles instilled in him while he was a man of the military you know what I mean so we have that side of things, um, and when we see him back in the field, you know he he is essentially he's as principled and disciplined as he was as a teacher. What I love about Clancy Brim's character is that he is, I mean, like one of the first scenes we see of him in this one, he <laughs> he shoves down someone, breaks one of his cadet's arms, and then chokes at a woman with his knee. Medic! 
Yeah. Oh, and did you, know, you see I mean, in the next scene that they had put bruises all over Dizzy's yeah. neck for continuity? <laughs> well, yeah. Like, like chokes her out, and he's, he's like, "I don't give a fuck." He's like, <laughs> "I don't give a fuck." Um, <laughs> I'm a hitman, I'm a start in the world, not doing that. Not doing any head PE right here. No new metal on this show. Sergeant Although you Zim know, gives no fucks. You know, if this movie had been made in 2002, you know Limp Biscuit and Corn would have been on the soundtrack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know I'm saying? Do you know no. where you are? Clendethu! Clendethu, <laughs> motherfucker! I really, speaking of the music, I'm glad that Verhoeven left out music. Since yeah. it's supposed to be the, and he said he said he mostly did that because there was um at the dance they changed a David Bowie song to reference the twenty second century or something like that. Yeah, and that was sung by the composer of the film's overall score's daughter. Uh. And he, he just left out the modern music because I mean, who what what young soldier listens to classical music with <laughs> you know when they're getting ready to kill everybody? One day Fred Durst will be considered classical music. He already is, is he not? Well, that was... <laughs> in, our, in our hearts, yes. <laughs> spoke, spoke about choked on his breath. Yeah, he was like... <laughs> well, that was like the Futurama where he buys all that shit from his time and he's listening to uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot or something like that. You just can't sit around here listening to classical music all day. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. But they have him... So that's actually a really interesting point is that like what you say about... It's the attention to detail. It's the lack of score in this movie. Um, there isn't actually a lot of music in the movie at all in terms of score neither. Even during the battles, it's, it's almost devoid of a lot of that or what is being played is intentionally repressed in the background to to take you out of the fact that you are watching. Yeah, military uh, drum cadences and shit. Yeah, but yeah. when the when the big scenes happen in the movie, that's... Like very much like all movies, that's when the scoring happens. But the move, the movie's music is inherently uplifting and posit- positive during the scenes where the military are winning, um, in such a way that it makes you feel, quote unquote, patriotic to watch it. You know, like, yeah, we're winning, we're winning, um, and plays the old heartstrings away. Which, like I say, is what every film does. But when you know how propaganda works, mm. that is specifically how they do things in propaganda like for anything if you're if you're trying to whether it's you're trying to i don't know um, elect a new representative in your area and you know for for 17 years Doug Smith has watched as his town has been obliterated by crime and you've got all the fucking you know, bad music people huddled in the corner and then all of a sudden Doug will have no more as he stands on the streets he's cleaning up I'm here for you, for your vote. And then all of a sudden the dramatic music comes up, sun comes over the thing, a little kid hands him something. Well, thanks, little Johnny. Um, you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> Rubs his head. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> not see me, but that's... I fake rubbed a child's head. When I said, <laughs> I said that, I was like, that smokes. It's like one mind. And we've all seen the advert. And the fact that we know that, the fact that you, like, we're from completely different countries and completely different cultures and we both have the same thought about that shows how very much we are aware of that manipulation but how how much we are very much susceptible to that manipulation and those things have never changed they're centuries old um those techniques um the psychology behind it how people manipulate mass manipulation and how they get them to do what they want don't change the the only thing that changes is the delivery don't change yeah shit don't change um 
but that's I think and that's what I think that's what's interesting about the movie is the movie is set some hundred whatever two hundred years in the future and the message is still on point to very much and that's I think that's what makes it so clever is that I don't think these things will ever change <laughs> I think human beings are just naturally stupid to certain things yeah uh, we're very susceptible like to people. certain things yeah well you know well, we we're, we're all a kind of tribalist yes and that's why that's why nationalism always works. Mm-hmm. And like we're number one, and uh, that's why like Scots think that they're <laughs> yeah. whatever. Here we go. This is oh, why yeah. Scots think. <laughs> I'm so glad that you put so much thought into that insult. <laughs> it's like you could finish. It's like I don't know what is Scots fucking. This, this, this is this is what Trump just... your country. He's made you so lethargic <laughs> that you can't even finish your insults. You just yeah. like uh, the shit. The insult is like all the way across the room. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going. It's like it's like the English are like the the brand name UK uh-huh. people, but then uh, the Scots are kind of like the great value generic version. <laughs> <laughs> the Welsh, I don't know what the fuck they are. Uh, they're a non entity. Uh, really, <laughs> no one even thinks about the Welsh. <laughs> not defending my country because I don't feel the need to defend my country. Um, <laughs> Because I will have you know that even nationalism in my country, which I am, which is something I am actually very much in favour of. Um, oh, if you were in Scotland, I actually think you'd be. I know you're against this sort of idea of nationalism, which is really, really, really weird. Smoke. Um, Why? Well, I, I think nationalism's dumb. It's like one of those things that you're proud of something that I don't. I don't you really. It's not like an accomplishment or something. I was born within these certain restricted boundaries. But that's where... So that makes us number one. But that's where you get it wrong, what nationalism in Scotland means. It's not that at all. It's not because we think we're the greatest country in the world or we should be any more patriotic about being Scot. Like, you ask any Scottish person, um, I would say that easily, you know, what nationality they are, I would say easily over 80% of them will say Scottish before they'll say British. That doesn't necessarily mean we think Scotland's great. The difference being that, and it's, it's something that I think, once I say, I think you'd be inherently in favour of, is um, actually having a say which counts in the things that matter to you on a on a day to day basis. Like like I've said before many many times, if if a British Parliament, which is not represented by the thoughts of Scotland, decide that we're going to war tomorrow, um, Scotland's going to war even if we're against it. And that has been the last three wars that uh, the UK has taken part in. The Scottish government and the will of the Scottish people have been, we don't want to fight this war, but we've been dragged into it against our say. It doesn't, when, that, that parliament US, doesn't make up the... The, the US DC does that for, what, half a billion people? Yeah, but you're you're against the system of government in your country as well, which means... I know, I, so I'm not... It's so facto you should be with me on this one. Okay, uh, I'm with you on this, but even... <laughs> Even even the smaller that you get, you're still gonna have like, well, let's say Scotland decides to go to war, and Scotland then you're still gonna have deci- people. Scotland will never decide to go. Let's say that they do. <laughs> let's say some, let's say the right grease, the right palms get greased and whatnot. You're still that, gonna have. That, that, like, see, you're saying that. Like, see, in my country, see when like see like my country, see when like someone can. Okay. Somebody's got the blunders on. Well, let me let me me educate you from from a nation that's existed several thousand years before your nation. Um, You know, 
And um, the first, the first declaration of of a you know a political act written down in such a way, you know how you guys love the constitution and all the rest. The first one of them that was ever written was in the 1600s, and it was in Scotland. So, declaration of Arbroath, check it up. Um, you know, so yeah, we, we, we the fully U.S. Constitution here. lasted probably two days before they ignored <laughs> it. It's changed before all these amendments got handed in. Um, but no, no, not even that. They just ignore. Like, yeah, fuck <laughs> it. Like we want to do this. Uh, we'll just do it anyway. Let's do it. Right. Um, but. But, um, yeah, like uh, nationalism. This is, the, I think, this is the, the. I think it's the fact the word nationalist or nationalism is is in it that it has negative connotations towards the things that you're saying. Which you know, if you look up the de- dictionary definition of nationalism, it's a lot of that. Is you know, is is having immense pride that your country or your nation is greater than all the rest. That's not Scotland. Scotland is a very open country that like welcomes people from all over the world. In fact, we do it because our population is gradually shrinking year on year. Um, so, so if I were to try to immigrate to Scotland, I wouldn't have to jump through tons of hoops, wait years and years for no, different things. No. If you want to immigrate what? to Scotland, I think it would be... It's easier for you to immigrate to Scotland than it is for me to immigrate to America. Because yeah. I've looked in the, I've looked into England, and that's probably pretty much the same bullshit people have to go through to come here. And, and Scotland. Uh, Scot- so that's not that's not on the same. It'll be. It will. In principle, it's the same thing. But you, I, I think you would find. I mean, essentially. Well, here's a, here's another example. See that those institutions that you have to go through to do that are not controlled in Scotland. They're controlled in England by a government which, once again, doesn't represent the people of Scotland. We have our own parliament, but our own parliament doesn't control defence. It doesn't control. Um, it doesn't control immigration. It doesn't control um, a, a huge swarm of foreign policy. All but, these things are still held within the the Westminster government, of which if, it's ruled by a party. Right? There's fifty six seats in Scotland that we send people to Westminster. So fifty six. Politicians are sent from Scotland every year. Of those 56 politicians, 53 of them are the Scottish Nationalist Party. One of them is a Conservative, one of them is a Labour, and one of them is a Liberal. And the governing party of the Westminster government is Conservative. So only one out of 56 <laughs> is is actually represented the true intentions of the voting patterns of Scotland. Yet they have say over defence over how much money is devolved back to Scotland um, from the, the main purse, um, things like immigration and all the rest. That is not democratic. <laughs> it's not fair. And that gerrymandered. Why, yeah, that's why. Yeah, well, there are more people in England, though. That's why. I, 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 so, I believe you, but uh, but uh, in the US, we have it so much worse. <laughs> we, we have a hugely diverse population spread over a massive area mm-hmm. and uh, you just got you got a few hundred jackasses that run all the shit <laughs> a few thousand miles away yeah i'm not saying but i'm not saying that our, our but but i can't talk about secession because i live in south carolina i don't know is it not gonna rise again or something i'm sure i've heard that um i'm still waiting on it i'm still waiting <laughs> but what We're i'm saying so long ago. what i'm saying is that there are some people there are some knuckle draggers in my country that are purely you know 
England invaded Scotland, you know, several hundred years ago, and we're under English rule, which is not accurate. Um, it's not accurate considering when you think about David Cameron was born in Scotland, Tony Blair was born in Scotland, Gordon Brown is Scottish. Um, so of the last four prime ministers of the United Kingdom, three are Scottish. So, you know, that's not necessarily true. Um, but don't want to poke holes in that theory. There are people that that do, like, on the base level, think of that. But um, that doesn't necessarily make up the intentions of the Scottish Nationalist Party. Um, or it's very easy just to say it's a party just for separatism. And, and that's not necessarily true at all. There's a lot of what the SNP want to do, which is still very much, you know, we want to still be... As, a, as an equal partner is what is mentioned. We want to have equal say on everything within the UK, which we don't have at the moment. They want to retain the monarchy. I wouldn't even want to retain the monarchy. <laughs> but, but the SNP monarchy is it. such a fucking joke. And we, we want, yeah, it totally is. It's such an archaic you know, system of, of fucking nonsense where you prop up a family purely because they, they married like, into another family. It's, at, it's at the biggest welfare system. scheme on the oh, planet. Fucking millions get funneled in there. Um, but... Like Scotland's very much at let's work with Europe, let's work with the rest of the United Kingdom as equal, um, not as in we send the small group of people into your parliament and then all the big things, all the things that we, we are against as a country are forced upon us, which is a perception which is put forward about the European Union, which is inaccurate as well. Um, that was that's why Brexit happened because the, the the government of the time said so many things were controlled by Westminster, which is factually factually inaccurate. Um, and if anyone had taken five minutes to read about it, would have realised a lot of what they said. You know, oh, the reason there's no jobs in this country is because of you know all this mass Im- immigration. All this mass immigration, and um, that's Europe's fault. No, the reason there's no jobs in this country is the economy shrank because the UK government deregulated shitloads to the banks and then the economic crash happened. That wasn't a European decision because if that was the case, all the other European countries would have suffered as well. And Germany didn't fucking suffer. France didn't suffer. You know, the big economies were fine. But the UK were like, that come to us, Goldman Sachs. Set up base operation here. Yes, have money. Have lots of things like that. Yes, give us a housing crisis. Um, and, and that's why it flopped. But, you know, it, you, know you listen to the... It would be surprising. This is the this is the funny thing about it is that if you look at the UK government, you got me started, Smokey. You were going to do it. I knew you were going to do it as well, and I was not going to bite, and then I fucking bit, and now I'm going to finish it. Um, edit, edit, edit. <laughs> edit, edit, edit. Oh, this is all staying in unless we decide we're doing two episodes. <laughs> the UK government, right, um, has perpetuated. The, the, sorry, the right-wing UK government, which is what we have just now, has perpetuated this constant stream of it is not our fault that the country's a shithole. It's not our fault that, you know, public sector wages have been frozen for 10 years. It's not our... Yes, it is. All those policies, all those pol- policy decisions to do with um, how investment works, taxation where jobs go to, how the welfare state works and all the rest. That is UK government that controls that. But they blame Europe. And then what they said was, well, look at all this money, all this money that we're sending to Europe, all this, we can claw it back, we'll not have to pay fees or anything, and we'll be able to, one, stay in the European market, single market, which you can't do 
unless you accept free movement of trade and goods and people, which there you can't are, do. And which, be, which they which, should do, free movement of goods and, pe- goods and people. But uh, there are can't do that. countries outside of the EU that freely trade with the EU. Yeah. Mm. Scandinavian and Asian countries. Well, and you see, you see Scandinavian countries, that's factually inaccurate as well. Norway, which is the, the one that everyone quotes about, Norway does trade freely with the European Union, but Norway has a signed agreement which allows the free, mi- uh, free movement of people. They have to do that to be in the single market. You have to sign up to that. It's the core principle. You don't get in without that. And the difference between Norway and the UK was that the UK at least has a say on the council. It has a chance to change policy or affect policy in the interests of the UK, as opposed to Norway, who has to take everything that happens as a, you don't get a say in that. And that's the difference. It's so fucking, it's so insular and so narrow-minded and so quote-unquote nationalistic to think that the way that you improve Britain is by basically giving the two-fingered salute to your European cousins across the water. And as like and you were full that, set of memory serves, yeah, which is well, really well, fucking weird. Well, no, what well it's framed to you well, maybe that's why most people see it like, oh well, then we can control our borders and all this shit. That's exactly but, how it's sold to the people. But, here. but I mean it gives if the majority of people, you know, want like free borders, free movement, free markets, then it would seem like it would be they could still have that with without um, EU oversight. Do you know more mass migration happens in the UK from countries out with the European Union than countries within the European Union? <laughs> that was a statistic that wasn't mentioned like anything but, during the campaign. That it, like People that come from India, Pakistan and all the rest outnumber the European immigrants in the UK. And they are North not- America still got to get the shaft if they want to move there. <laughs> you know what, what I'm saying? Like, like more of that. Me happens- and my Mexican and Canadian brothers are still <laughs> fucked. <laughs> but what, what I'm saying is all that, all that kind of. Like, I've got there's a woman that's just started working with me who is Ukrainian, um, and like as who lives in my country, who works in my country, who pays taxes in my country but who is not eligible for child tax credits in my country, that everyone else in this country, because they were born in this country, who might not even work in this country, so by default don't pay tax on national insurance, get yeah. because they were born in this country. How is that a fucking fair system? Not it's, a not fair, a fair system. it's not a fair system at all. But that that is the system that is perpetuated by this government. That's not, a, that's not Europe doesn't control that, but you listen to the campaign that they ran, it was all Europe's fault. This woman that's coming in here getting her tax credits, that's Europe's fault. No, it's not. It's fucking lies. It's lies and bullshit. And it's very much the rise of Trump. When you blame everyone else... <laughs> it's it's goddamn Donald Trump. When you blame everyone else. It's the same thing. Donald Trump and well, Brexit happened well, I think in the same uh, for a reason. They did. Yeah, it's, it's symptoms. It's kind of like a... It's a backlash. It is. Against, uh, I it's, guess, like, mass immigration. I would say that. A, and... uh. It's a backlash against... Politicians. Oh, and against a lot of political correctness. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah there's that to an extent as well, but there's a, it's a backlash against the political establishment who have failed the people in blaming someone else for the failures. Yeah, Even I mean, though we've well, been in power for 30 accepting. years, it's someone else's fault. Yeah, it's, it's not... It's not well, it, at, it's the, not, at the end of the day, it's the government's fault. Yes, so I see these things, and more government or a different government's not going to fucking fix yeah, this. It's, 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 a, it's a government. It's the government's fault, and it's a government in the UK's fault. 
that all these things are happening. It's not Europe's fault, but you... Ten years from now, you're going to have a fucked up government doing fucked up shit. Ten years after that, yeah. same thing. Yeah, these things, these things seldom, these things seldom. The, the power... That's why the, like, the two-party system in America is so worrying for me. Um, like, I imagine that in the, in the UK, it's very difficult, and Scotland anyway, under our parliamentary system, it's very difficult to have one party to have a majority. Um, the SNP's broke through that, but that's become like the kind of norm over here because the SNP are really the only left-of-centre party that think, exists in think... Scotland, and Scotland is a naturally left-of-centre country. We're, you know, more... I don't think uh, like parties make any logical sense to voters like you should just have individuals and they say i want to do what this. i said earlier on but uh, like, you shouldn't and, and simplified for the lazy voter yeah it's like you have but, a basic oh that this but, person is how do, how do you get, well it goes back to that tribalism thing where yeah. people want to people want a team they want people to root for as and they want people to argue against. Yeah, if you have like, team, I, like I argue against you guys. If you have if you, if you have a team, you can have a leader. If you can have a leader, you can have a prime minister or a president. That's yeah. that's how that's how it works. That's why you need teams because if everyone was just in there for their own interest, nothing would happen. Um, you know, it would take a very very long time for things to happen, which in some respects is a good thing, but in other respects is a very bad thing. So I mean, yes, what I said earlier on is fundamentally what you're just saying just now is like in an ideal situation people would vote for the person and not the party um you should vote for what matters to you locally what matters to you within your city what matters to you within your state because these are things that are pertinent to the laws that exist in your state the the uh, the climate the employment and all the rest what what's your core um agriculture what's your core business what does your state do that other states does differently and all those should be reflected by the candidate you pick as soon as you only vote for a party and not the individual you're not getting that anymore because the person you elect that might stand for that party but there's um, no candidate that's going to come out and be like hey i plan on doing nothing i'm going to leave everybody the fuck alone (laughs) and yeah so until then i'm like i don't really think anyone has my interest why don't you run smoke because i that's like a it never you'd be really That's like, popular in South Carolina. I, I don't know, maybe. I'm pretty awesome. Yeah, you know? here, here, let, let, <laughs> let me tell you why your system wouldn't work. Just very, very quickly. Because let me know. I've if, been <laughs> I've been if, I've been waiting to hear this for years. Yeah, right, because <laughs> your your system doesn't work because laws need to exist. Right? Law has to exist because if laws don't exist, people can do horrible things to other people. And so they don't do horrible things to people with these laws, right? Right. So there are there are laws in place just now that fundamentally prosecute people for doing things, right? On a mass scale, maybe they don't. And if anything, yeah. all you're doing, all you're all you're advocating for then is stricter laws, or law, you know, or people to prosecute people within laws on a grander scale. So all you're doing is advocating more, as opposed to less intervention on a. I, I don't. I, I, you know what, what I, mean? I advocate is uh, see if someone steals well, from I'm you. Against, what I'm against victimless crimes, first of all, so that would wipe out probably ninety nine percent of laws. Yeah, but let me put it this way: if someone steals from you, what should happen to them? I don't know. I mean, if you could protect yourself, they probably wouldn't do that in the first place. Right. So, what's your definition of protect yourself, though? Uh, I mean, just have the right to protect yourself. You do have the right to protect yourself, though. Mm, I, I don't know. Some places, possibly. But if someone steals from you, someone steals from you, um, I mean, basically that's 
I mean, that's not a good thing. That's a that's a victim offense. Mm-hmm. And what should happen to that person? I don't know. I guess you should vote them out. I don't disagree with you that politicians break the law. I don't disagree with you that investment bankers broke the law and committed huge acts of fraud, which, you know, if you're, if you're the small... And then politicians give them give them the positions uh, on to do so and then bail them out with your money yeah, after yeah. they do this i don't i don't disagree i don't disagree with that but to me all you're advocating for is that if a law is created it should be applicable to everyone everywhere which i'm not against i totally agree with that but those yeah, well laws, if you say that someone can't commit theft then what's how's the government they have to voluntarily raise funds to run then yeah right <laughs> I, I see what you're saying, right? But I'm I saying. right. So how do how do doctors get paid? Uh, I don't. Well, in the U.S., by very fucked up third party means. Right. So uh, how, how do you change that though? If there's no there's no system of taxation. Oh, you would you would just get rid of the system that fucks it up in the first place. That the AMA that restricts the uh, supply of doctors. Then you get uh. Get rid of the mandatory insurance things that uh, that subverts a market. So you're just you're not you don't know what you're paying, you don't know what your employer is paying. Like it's it's kind of just people making up things. Right. Well, let's say I don't have a job and I can't afford medical care. Should I just die then? Yeah, you should. Uh... <laughs> such a fucking, <laughs> such a fucking fuck no, thing no, you, you can. Did. No, my God, you there's uh there's so many. Like there's many uh, hospitals that are ran by charities, but many of them are closing because they don't have certain views that align with certain politicians. So that's that's lowering healthcare access for poor. And then you would have – the more doctors you would have, the cheaper things would be. There's a whole, there's a whole market process that's not at work at all in See, the I don't, US, I don't think the market should for, be involved with healthcare at all. <laughs> I, I believe it 100% should. I, like – it's so much it's so much cheaper and more accessible when there is. Did I pay like I, I don't pay for my prescriptions for anything in Scotland. I know at all. I know and my taxation that, but... my taxation is not that I think we spoke about this before. I think my taxation's on par with what you get taxed in America and I don't pay for any prescriptions. Oh, in America we have uh the government I think spends the highest per capita on healthcare. Like far more than any other country. That's which is because insane. healthcare isn't affordable for regular people. So our government pays a really high amount of money for healthcare because people who can't afford healthcare or aren't allowed to have healthcare coverage. So know, if there the, was a the better system in place. That and I'm not saying I'm not saying by the way. system. I don't think there should be a system. I think the I system is why everything's I, messed up. I don't I, like. Part of me loves the kind of free thinking ideas that you have of, but you're relying on everyone else. Then you're not really being an individual. Then you're relying on doctors. You're relying on doctors not cheating the system, and what we've already established is people look out for themselves. In the U.S., the doctors that's, that's mainly what they do: cheat the system. Like if I go to, like say I went to the chiropractor recently, and then I asked what my copay was, he's like, "Ah, oh, no, it's cool. Just come back later this week, and we'll check you out again." Which he's, you know, he's just wanting to repeat business. Then I look at the bill that goes to the insurance company. I'm charged for various things that really have nothing to do with what I was treated for. Yeah. And it's it's this person trying to cheat this person, and this person, the insurance company, is trying to cheat this person and this person. It's, yeah. The whole thing is messed up. 
It's, it's just the concept though of health insurance, like it's a foreign oh. concept to me. And like I say, I don't think that necessarily. Like we have the National Health Service. That's not. That's a huge black hole of money in <laughs> in the UK just now. It's so much so that the in England, it's they're trying to privatise it. So they're trying to adopt a more American system towards it. They're not doing that in Scotland because that's one of the things that is devolved. Um, American system is not a good system. They're, well, like there, I don't. There's no system except. I, just allowing competition, I think. You know, I, right, but but then you're you're setting up different tiers of, you know what I mean? You're setting up you're setting up tiers of, of quality. I'm poor, I'm poor, so I can only afford the cheap doctor. Yeah, you're gonna have you're especially gonna have that in a government run system. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily true because in a government run system, everyone kind of has a uniformity about them. You may get that, and like no. certain hospitals are better than other hospitals, but there is nothing like I don't get charged for going to the better hospital. You know what I mean? I just go to the better hospital. Wherever you walk in, you're admin, you're you're taken in in the UK. It's like when when uh, Fidel Castro or when <laughs> like uh, when NBA NBA Toronto superstars I didn't I didn't realize I was get injured. They're not could, could they're not going to Cuba, but um... <laughs> no, I'm also saying Canada as well. Like uh, Bryant Reeves, who played for the Grizzlies, the basketball team. But like when these when these people get injured, they're not going to the same doctors that everyone else is going to understand right and there is there's private health care in in the uk but a lot of the doctors that work in private health care also work in the nhs we have it's just they earn money doing the other thing i don't necessarily think the treatment is any better you may get taken quicker but the the treatment's not any better and if one hospital has a, a poor rating so to speak um i don't have to go to that hospital I'm not charged anymore for going to a different hospital, although it costs me exactly the same wherever it is, and that's nothing, because I've already paid it through my national health insurance. You know what I mean? I know what you're saying. It's kind of like uh, insurance, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, <laughs> on some level, it is, but that insurance doesn't have premiums. It's a f flat amount of money that I is taxed out of my thing, so I don't have to to worry about that. And see if I'm unemployed... I'm covered because everyone else pays national health. That feeds into the pot which covers me. So I'm still not strapped with a bill at the end of it. So I don't have to worry, do I have a pre-existing pre condition or anything? If, I, if, I've had, if I've had three heart attacks before um, and then go to a hospital unemployed, I'm treated exactly the same way as if I was, you know, a, a fairly successful business owner um, who's had no heart Moderately. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like my 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 concern with the, the way that you go thing with things is that there's already so much in place that you'd have to tear up everything in order to have truly what you want. You'd have to remove pretty uh, you, much everything. And I think you could just allow, like, uh, okay, let's say if this system is so great, you don't need to force people into it. Just have like a voluntarily, and if they don't want to, that's fine. But isn't that what you had before, before like Obamacare, and it, it wasn't really working then either, was it? No, you have you had government intervention into into insurance going back to uh, probably FDR when when he made a mandatory uh, like uh, companies weren't allowed to pay for labor over a certain amount, so they had to attract attract employees somehow, right. some other way. So then they started. Before that, you had like lodge care, where people who would who would work for certain companies and whatnot, they had a certain doctor they could go to. That doctor worked for these people. And then uh, 
but after that you had people trying to uh track people to their companies with like that's how kind of like insurance started where and like it's all these other things that you know you couldn't pay more people more money yeah so then after that the uh government's like well hey let's just start kind of steadily kind of making this more mandatory like uh like the states would then take over and say what had to be offered through these insurance companies. Maybe it's like eye care, even though someone has perfect vision. Like, yeah. Just nonsense like that, piling things on top. And then you have uh, restrictions like like I'd mentioned earlier, I'd bought uh, my contacts to the UK. It's because every year in, <laughs> every year in the US, like uh, you're forced to go and get the same eye exam and pay these fitting fees and all this other shit that you don't need to, especially when your prescription hasn't changed since you were a kid. Yeah. And so I'm having to pay all this. And even with insurance, with all these extra fees and mandates and things, uh, I'm paying more than if I just order a box from the UK. Yeah, it's in the UK. You, well, well, sorry, in Scotland, so you don't you pay for an like eye the test? the UK healthcare system there, Smoke? Oh, do I? No, no, no. He's, he's just saying that he's just saying oh, no, no. if I'm, he buys them here, he doesn't have to pay for fittings. <laughs> yeah, like, like I've, got my, I've got my prescription, like my stats that I need from two years ago and my eyes haven't changed. So when I need contacts, I just buy them from the UK and they don't, they don't force me to get a exam or fitting fees or all this other thing. I just buy the contacts. It's like, uh, like my friend who lives in, oh, yeah, my friend who lives in Russia when his wife wants contacts, she has him go to the uh, corner store and he gets them at the vending machine and comes back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the generic the magnifying glasses you get at the pharmacies around here. I suppose so. Like in in the U.S., uh, everything is well, not everything, but many things are way overregulated to the point that it's 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 going to cost you an arm and leg, either in time or in dollars, to to get just basic basic things. I just it's like yeah, we are not talking about Starship Troopers. We're not. We're not. not. It's, it, it just it got me got me really interested because I'd like fundamentally, like I said before, I think we agree. On a lot, and I think this is what it comes down to. Where we we say that ultimately, I think that we we share so many opinions, and like you said before, my my answer to a lot of those solutions is like the state can help, and you're like that. Fuck the state. Um, but Fuck the goddamn state. What what the only thing I'm saying is, even if you move away from healthcare, a lot of this, you know, just let me be me and do what I do, and all the rest. I think on a large scale doesn't work. I don't think it ever will work no, because you have to like, you have uh, to tear things. You'd have to tear so many institutions down, and you would replace them ostensibly with nothing. Which uh, that's not entirely true. It's well, uh, right, these these institutions employ people though a lot of people. So yeah, where do they go? Work? Did, if uh, if they're doing something that people find valuable, then that's not going to change if people whether people are forced to pay for it or not. Right, but if unemployment's how high in America just now? It's, pre- it's pretty high, as you know. It's, although they'll say that, although Obama will tell you it's a record low, so it's still pretty high. You use numbers. Yeah, if you use, um, if you remove a lot of the state-run jobs, even though some of them are bureaucratic nonsense, etc., you're basically making yeah. a lot of people unemployed in a system where which is great because they're not doing if they're not doing <laughs> things that people find valuable, then those aren't real jobs. Yeah, like, if uh, you don't find them valuable, then, a lot of people do find them valuable though. Uh, well, if you get rid of uh, all of these barriers, the business licenses, the uh, 
the regulations, the roadblocks, the red tape that it takes for like the average person to start a business or to sell a product, then you'll have a lot more people working and doing more things for more people that people actually do find valuable and everyone will be more off, well off for it. It's not – the things that are, are taking your jobs are not uh, not immigrants or any of this other shit. It's – the government is really what's what's creating any unemployment. I don't think that's right. <laughs> the no, numbers I, don't add up. Like, there's, I think there's it's not the alleged – This is the – like, let's put it this way. These corporations actually – I think there's something to that where they're – they're taking jobs because they've – like a corporation is basically a government-created legal fiction that's protected by the government legally. Uh, the corporations have the largest tax breaks percentage-wise. I mean like you and I paid more taxes percentage-wise than – Yeah, Starbucks, Starbucks famously in the UK two years ago paid less tax than I did. <laughs> like legitimately paid less tax than I did. Um, and then when they were chased for back tax, they did a deal – which basically but, undercut millions upon millions of so the I tax would, were due. I would argue that both of you should pay less taxes, not that this entity should pay more, except, uh, I don't know, I don't think corporations should even be like a thing, really. Once again, I don't disagree. I, I love the <laughs> idea. Like I'm a big advocate I mean, of the... You can have, a, you can have big thing. businesses, but they would have to rely entirely on how they please customers and not how they please lobbyists or... Uh, or politicians mm-hmm. and vice versa because i think a lot of politicians exist and thrive yeah, on a, how well they serve the corporations right it's a circle jerk yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah we all agree on so I many th- yeah things. i think i think we're all I, I just i don't i don't i don't think your system fully implemented works <laughs> i don't think the system works just now but i don't think you, you the full system of what you would want necessarily benefits the whole i think it's still open i, just, I still I think it's open think- to corruption, like a lot of corruption, and I still think there's it's, it's not any. It's, I, I always I'm almost a firm proponent of to improve something or to say to change something to make it better means that there should be a, a marked shift to make things better. Um, I don't see, and obviously it's because it's never happened. There's never been in a system that's existed fully in its you know, in its entirety, which adheres or or begins to even encapsulate what you believe ultimately there's always like there's been government the crux of what i believe in is if people want to be left alone then they should be able to but you also propone that people shouldn't be taxed of course but that's where that's where things get that's 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 how you that's how you end up that's how you end up with a with tr- like trillions of dollars with who plays the thousands police? and 25,000 bombs dropping onto yeah but who pay, who pays the, the police side of the earth? who pays the fire department who pays the people that you know wait, wait, fix it's the, fire the roads who, wait, the police the police in the in the US uh, like okay it's probably going to piss, piss <laughs> you you're about off, to including Jeff you were going but <laughs> but uh but the police in the US most of what they do is extortion I don't. I don't think anyone could rationally disagree with that. Most of it is is victimless crimes and uh, and right. just. Well, let's say and, the only. Let's say the only did what you said earlier, which was you know administer the law within the bracket of actual crimes against victims, right? Yeah, I I would uh, I would gladly I would gladly 
pay money to them. Right. So you would. I'm not, you, ah, right. So, like, but if <laughs> so, if it was fixed, but a, the system was fixed, you pay tax. But then. listen, listen. No, it it would be voluntary. But sometimes if everyone volunteers, like, not to. But if the if the police come to my door and say, "Hey, uh, a few miles down the road, we think there might possibly be someone with some weed. We need twenty thousand dollars so we can go bust in the house and shoot their shoot their animals and uh and throw them up against the wall and see." Like, I, I'm not going to give them money for that. Right, right, right. But like, if they say, if "Well, no one wants to give them money," then how do they? Like, let's say, let's say the same police department no come at your door. Money. Let, let's say the same police department chap your door and say, "Oh, by the way, we've found that there's a pedophile ring." operating five houses down um yeah you, you don't think people would give money for that but, but what happens if they don't give money this is my, my point is that like but people they, like people need to work to earn money and they need to know where that money is coming from and jobs like the police are public jobs are civil servants which means that they are paid to essentially <laughs> whether or not they do it well which is a completely different debate. Um, that's another show. Like, yeah, that's a completely different Wait. show. Um, but to 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 protect you as a citizen, as a, a civilian, that's I that's, don't when I when I see a cop nearby, I don't. I'm like, oh, I feel so safe right now. I, right, I understand you. <laughs> I, I understand that you say that. It's the exact opposite. Well, it's the exact opposite for me. I th- like in the in the past, mm-hmm. if I ever ever walked past a police, and it could be the fact that one when I walk past a police person in the UK, they're not holding, you know, they're not carrying a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, yeah, I mean, but I, 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 I know what you're saying. I totally agree with what you're saying. But let's see, we fix that, right? Let's see that. Oh, well, okay. let's do see, I, we fix it. How do I fix it? Do I vote harder? Right? No, 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 no. Let's let's see, it's fixed. Let's see, because ultimately, if you 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 have an ideology that things should be different, right? In order for those things to be different, the in effect have to be different in order for you to realize what you want and and your situation here there is no taxation and these civil jobs exist and let's say the law's perfect in that way that they're only prosecuting for the crimes that are crimes you know right which once again that has to be decided by someone which requires government but let's say it doesn't let's say it's done on a state-by-state basis which happens already in america or let's even say it's done in a city-by-city basis where you know things are handled by a mayor or whatever and that's they invoke the crimes within that which is almost on some level like micromanaging things down to like a, a very 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 insular level but let's see all these things happen what i'm saying to you is i don't disagree that the police should only prosecute against victim you know someone that is hurting someone someone that is stealing from someone someone that is doing something against someone they should be held accountable for that i I totally agree with that but what i'm saying to you is then what you're saying is that everyone or people should be willing to then pay the police for them to do their job but what i'm saying is that whilst you might be wanting to do that you've already advocated a system where people can choose to pay for what they want and if no one else pays that, then you're the only one paying for the police to take down that pedophile ring, which might mean that the police do you, don't want do to you think do that, that. Do you think that people would find like a personal value in a pedophile ring being taken down? I think they would. Yeah, I think you're saying that, but I think what we're also prescribing is that... People aren't going to say, ah, fuck kids, literal. No, no, but, th- <laughs> but what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that you're saying that like people will just pay. 
And I, I, you, you would pay, but that's you prescribing that they everyone else thinks uh, like you. And I don't think everyone like else thinks like you. I think that's the well, issue. Let's, let's go back to uh, like when, after Trump was elected. Uh, I think I forgot what people pointed to is why maybe that was supposed to be Planned Parenthood defunding or something, but uh, or it was just a whisper or maybe a rumor. I don't, I don't remember. But um, but so many people started donating so much money to Planned Parenthood, like overflowing. I'm flowing them with cash. Mm-hmm. I think that's proof right there of what if people find something valuable, then it right. But you have that plan. Plan parent is one thing, right? Let's see all these institutions that exist. Uh, the same thing would happen with like, uh, yeah. public broadcasting, right? Yeah, or, but yeah. then you start doing public broadcasting. You start doing the police. You start doing the fire department. You start doing things like local libraries. You start doing all the rest. So you're then paying out all these different things at I different a, amounts in different places. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it just make oh, sense? Wouldn't it just make sense to have one flat payment of a tax that goes to all those organisations, which makes no, sure the place because then it, then it starts going to things you don't want it to go for, and then <laughs> and then you're uh, sixty trillion dollars in debt, and your economy's on the brink. I'm, I'm just I'm, well, all I'm saying is that I don't think your system is any better than the system that's in place because you're relying on people. With, Vol- if, you're relying if, on a voluntary action. You're relying on voluntary action, but you're still relying on people to do things, and people are not inherently great. I know that's why you should never give them a uh, avenue to get into power. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't. I just. I think. I think. Like when that's the concern for me is that. Ultimately, like people are terrible, so we some need somebody be better than others. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, maybe. What's, uh, yeah, or, or it's not evenly funded, or people don't get paid what they should get paid for putting their life on the line. You know what I mean? Like, a policeman puts his life on the line. A policeman puts his life on the line of, of someone. Uh, I don't know. Fire in the brigade. US, in the U.S., is not even in the top ten of dangerous jobs. Right. Let's like play, let's logging put, and roofing or whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, let's 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 put it this way. Right. So um, let's play, let's uh, subsidize loggers and roofers and fishermen. Right. No. Let's 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 take it in a different way. Where and it's going to an extreme. I'm granted that I'm taking it to the extreme. But when the towers were on fire, right, um, <laughs> a lot of firemen who were paid by taxis risk their own lives and ultimately die to save people, right? See yes. if I'm in that position and I'm relying on money, which is donations by people, and that money's not looking too great, I don't go into that building. Well, it's not like they were pay- being paid in huge and enormous amount. As no, far but they were getting paid. But, but, you will look, but look, after, look afterwards how their family was taken care of by voluntary donations. The, yeah. These 9-11 funds. I think they would rather had the people alive, though. Well, um, well, they would have them alive if you didn't have tax tax money going for decades into intervention into other places. Right. Once again, that, right, that I, actually I, caused this in the first place. That's not what you're saying there, but <laughs> fundamentally, fundamentally, Joe Smith, the the fireman, is not is not responsible for the government choosing to send money somewhere else. All he does is work for his wage, and um, his wage is guaranteed by the tax that's paid. When that rung's removed, he's reliant on people caring to pay towards the service he does um, and put his life as a secondary condition over everyone else's. And what I'm saying is that in an ideal world, maybe yeah, everyone cares about everything and everyone pays everything. But if that was the case, you might as well have taxation. And then just regulate where the tax goes better. The tax, oh, tax should only be funneled. The same people... 
Right. <laughs> right. You understand? What... <laughs> like regulate it by the same people who are still in the money. Have them decide where it goes, and then it'll it will eventually go to good things. I will say. I will say that I I. I don't think you're, and it's totally biased because I have my own opinions and I know that you'll disagree with me. I don't think that's a question that can be answered by your system at all. Now, uh, Smoke, was that message about you needing to take a break? (laughs) Smoke just said, Smoke said, Duncan will talk all night about this. We're we're on a marathon. (laughs) I don't drink. I'm going to cry. We Uh, we still haven't. We still got, we still got some more Starship, right? Like we haven't. Does everyone? Yeah, we got we got we got some more time. I got more time. If you guys want to take, I have no more time. I was supposed to be off this like an hour. Oh damn! Oh shit! Uh, well, okay. Well, do you want to? Let's just bring this in. Let's bring it in. Yeah, I I think. Well, uh, th- this is still more, more on point than when Myron and I were supposed to talk about the core. So don't <laughs> don't, don't worry about That's that. That's that thankless movie. Um, Me and Duncan have just been arguing for like. Two we're not arguing. I don't know. Well, well, I, know I know we're not arguing. Never arguing. I I don't I don't disagree. With any, well, I I disagree maybe fundamentally with the points, but I totally see I your point. I think you're Scottish and you stink. <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is that my nation's better than yours. I don't give a fuck. I don't have a nation. Welcome. I don't give a fuck. Uh, yes. I'm a free I, individual. I made sure everybody in my family, we all have our passports ready to go and we know how to access our money should we not be in America. Let me just say that. You don't go to Scotland because they'll turn you away. (laughs) (laughs) By the by, Duncan and I still need to talk about. We're still planning on going to Scotland just to visit next uh, next spring. So you and I got to talk a little bit about that first. Always welcome over here. Always welcome over here with your your very (laughs) your very liberal open mindedness. You're welcome over here. Smoke on the other hand, goddamn fascist. Liberal and open minded. <laughs> Smoke, Smoke's been over. He's just never been to Scotland. I've been to the good part of the UK. Yeah, he's been over a couple of times as well. I just don't <laughs> understand why you would stay in Manchester and not come to Edinburgh, which is internationally in, recognised as one of the greatest cities in Europe. I was in London and Bristol area. Bristol, not Manchester. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so right, let's, let's bring this in. Let's bring it in. Is it Southie? Is it Southie. <laughs> Southie Bristol. <laughs> Southie Bristol. Uh, is there anything you guys had written down or that you wanted to talk about that you just wanted to point out or uh, anything like that before we from, yeah from a film point of view the practical effects in this movie are absolutely fucking bitching and I think it yeah, I, up really well actually what about the uh, I thought the, the space battles did you like those I thought they were I thought they were serviceable even yeah. the bugs though even the arachnids I think are actually even in high def which is how I watched it I think hold up surprisingly well um, considering they're a mixture of CGI and you know practical, I think yeah, there was a lot of CGI for the bugs. Oh, the I thought the bugs look really good, especially the beetles. Yeah. The beetles, the beetles. <laughs> so. But uh, uh, one thing I mentioned, <laughs> you guys. The death of uh, shoes. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I mentioned, you guys was this is a hundred million dollar budget. And what? It, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I think it. I think it made. Uh, it's it like made 120 something million. Yeah. Yeah. And a year later, you have an epic war movie called Save It Private Ryan <laughs> <laughs> that was made for 70. And uh, as much as I love this movie, it seems like mm, maybe Verhoeven and Spielberg are in different tiers when it comes to blockbusters. <laughs> well, they had the same military <laughs> consultant. Oh, uh, they did? Dale, Dale Dye. Uh, he was. <laughs> a... Ironically named Dale yeah. Dye. 
he was a, he was in the film <laughs> at the very end when all the fascist leaders showed up with uh, Neil Patrick Harris. He was the guy with white hair, and I think he had a white mustache. But he's he's done. Uh, he did Starship Troopers. He did Saving Private Ryan. He did Platoon. Uh, he did a fuckload of movies. He he actually was oh, upset. Platoon is so good. Yeah, Platoon's a yeah. Yeah. So I, I would argue, I would argue that Verhoeven doesn't have the same clout as Spielberg as a name. <laughs> Plus, they didn't have like the caliber of actors, just a wee bit different. I could not imagine Casper <laughs> Van Dien in, in the lead role in Saving Private Ryan. And plus, that story's that story's fucking pure propaganda as well. Oh, it, yeah. yeah, you're right about that. I it's mean, it's 100, and that's that's the that's the cheesy uh, propaganda that this movie's taking the piss out of. It's like yeah. recent uh, Hexall Ridge. Okay. <laughs> like, but uh, these are, I don't know, th- those movies are like, they're, hey, we're American, we're uh, we're awesome, look at what these fucking bitching dudes did. Yeah. Focus <laughs> on all I, that I really it's... good stuff and let's not focus on all the other stuff that happened. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, you know, kind of important to, I guess, recognize things that happened in wars with people, but also to keep it in context of... Maybe we wouldn't be in this predicament to do this fucked up shit in the first place if certain actions weren't taking place before. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think, um, I, I like to, to me, like coming back to the movie again. Um, I think I think it's a very very clever movie, which is hidden in a very goofy movie. Like, not even as a like a satire, as you know, on some level, should poke fun at. Uh, you know, at the the very nature of what is trying to 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 bring to your attention in a comical way, but I think the movie is inherently goofy all the way through. I think that there is a a proper reason why most of the lead actors are fairly vacuous um, as individuals, and you know, quote unquote, empty vessels to be filled with a message. Um, and when I quote unquote, that's myself that said that, and that's why I quote myself. <laughs> Um, but yeah, nice. like like of that, there's there's a very it's a it's a very goofy movie, um, and it cleverly has a message in the background which I think works to its advantage. The more you watch it, or the older you get, the more life you have behind you, the more the movie takes on a different turn, and that's why very much like smoke. The first time I saw this movie, I just thought it was a bitching bug alien movie i thought it was a great alien movie that's what i thought mm, it's yeah. like maybe maybe alien resurrection should have been this um, <laughs> and it wasn't um but you know you have that you have that kind of it, it fits it fits that that kind of niche and what's interesting about starship troopers is the many times that i've seen it is how my position has changed on it because through all the things that happen in the world, your life lessons the older you get, whilst the message of the movie doesn't change, my opinions on what the movie is saying change from from viewing to viewing. Um, I pick at other little bits and other details. I think that is the the pinnacle of of great filmmaking is the ability to make a movie that almost feels timeless. And I think this movie, the message behind this movie, the message that runs through this movie, could play 70 years from now and still be recognised and still be seen as being important um, as as it is just now or was when the movie came out. So, um, yeah, I fucking love this movie. This movie's bitching. Yeah. Is it, uh, what would this rank on you guys' Verhoeven list? Ooh, see, I did not know you were going to, 
definitely behind RoboCop. It's definitely behind RoboCop, of course. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. RoboCop is RoboCop number one. Up there, like Robocop's probably his best. Um, I do love Total Recall. I think Total Recall's fucking amazing. Good to uh, ask Mads. So you have to party, Richter. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which had a lot of people from this movie. Yeah, it's for yeah, our side. Um, I like, I liked Hollow Man. I don't know if I could say I like Hollow Man now. I think Basic Instinct is shit. Um, <laughs> Or as as, uh, as Bill Hicks used to talk about this movie, piece of shit movie. Um, <laughs> and we all know that, that my impersonal, impersonation of him there is basically the same voice as my impersonation of, of our great InfoWars friend, and that's because they are one and the same person. <laughs> Come on, you thought that as well. Um, I don't know. I did... Or, he didn't do Scanners, did he? He didn't do Scanners. No, no, no. no. Uh, who, somebody from... was I saw Scanners on my notes. It, that was... Uh... Somebody, one of the actors was in Scanners. Michael Ironside's in Scanners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, plays Derek. <laughs> what was that recent one he's in? Uh, Turbo Kid? Yeah, he oh, did Turbo, Turbo Kid. Kid's fucking amazing. Yeah, I, I thought he was, I, I thought he was dead. <laughs> and, then, and then I watched Turbo <laughs> Kid and I was like, what? He still looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> he's, in, um, he's in that found footage movie that really shitty one called Extraterrestrial which was made by the guys that did um, Grave Encounters oh it's, really yeah he's in that one as well plays a kind of off the grid smoke like character uh, <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> coming to take my guns um, so, take my, my cold dead hands um, you and a smoker <laughs> I think, I, like genuinely think, if I'm if I'm going in the, the rankings, I would probably say my favorite Verhoeven is RoboCop. I'd probably say my second favorite Starship Troopers. I think it's right behind that. I think it's really, really, really fucking good. Um, and like I say, it's like those two movies. Uh, Total Recall's in there, but it's more for the fluff of that movie, just because mm-hmm. it's Schwarzenegger. It's like primo <laughs> Schwarzenegger, but it's just being silly. Um, yeah, there are parts of Total Recall where I'll dick around on my phone. But yeah. Every time I watch this for the watching it, ah, it's great. I'd like I watched it, me, and my wife, and even the wee one was watching it earlier, and she was like, <laughs> and she was like "Dad, uh, I don't know if you know this, but the social political commentary in the back of this movie, I don't know, evokes something like nine eleven, or maybe the." <laughs> and I was like, what? "Excuse me, you're three. Um, do, do what now? Nina, <laughs> who? Um, but uh, yeah, I think L's a really super strong one. It's it's probably in my top." Four or five, I think, uh, Verhoeven. And if you've not seen it, get get a check out of it. It's real fucking good, real yeah, good. But I would, I'd put Troopers for, uh, probably third behind Recall and number one RoboCop. Boom. Boom. Robo- but I it's close between those and Total Recall, though. Can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> Just give me my fucking phone call. Clarence Bodiger, one of the greatest villains of all time. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. I wish they would have put in the uh, the battle suits that they had in the novel. It was like uh, exoskeleton military suits that. Oh, and in the huh? third one, uh, Johnny Rico leads a ragtag group <laughs> of guys, and they're uh, they're strapped into mechs. Yeah, well, that's what's. I think that's um, from what I gather from while you were talking. I was reading up stuff. That's what's in the original. Because <laughs> not that I wasn't listening to your points fully. I wasn't distracted by shiny things on the internet. Uh, but yes, that's that's what they wear. But they also there's a, apparently there's an eighty eight adaptation, um, a kind of anime of it, a Japanese anime, and they all wear mechs and that as well. And it's also called Starship Troopers. 
Hell it's, yeah. Uh, there you go. I, I, I saw that. And I, I think I'd watched it before, but I, I watched two and three. Recently, yeah, you can't have I, them all in mech suits. They're too pretty. Yeah. Yeah. You see those pretty faces? Can't have them all in suits. Guess they didn't blue eyed that blue eyed uh Casper Van Dane. Casper <laughs> Van Dane. Uh, I'm glad that they used seventeen gallons of fake blood in the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh they used more ammunition than any movie had at that point. It was kinda <laughs> kinda cool. Oh yeah, we did we didn't really mention the hyper violence, which is a Verhoeven thing. Yeah. Like uh like yeah. it's starting with RoboCop, but like RoboCop's I, one of the like I still like we were I was talking about this recently. RoboCop, even by eighties standards, is one of the most hyper violent movies of the eighties. It's insane what happens in that fucking movie. Like yeah. insane, like in the first ten minutes of that movie, not as not only is someone's hand blown off in the most viscery viscerally pulpy sort of fashion, but your hero gets gunned down in probably one of the most brutal ways ever recorded in TV. This family man that we've seen oh, gets fucking shot to fuck with his stomach and his insides are blown out of him while people are laughing while they're doing it. <laughs> There's a uh, Verhoeven, what, if you, did you guys see about this thing? He's on a it's like Messiah project or some kind of Jesus thing. Mm-mm. Where uh, He's one of, he's with his uh, scholarly group where they they try to find out the origins of Jesus and whatnot. And but you talking about uh, Peter Weller getting his hand blown off, <laughs> and then later resurrected, and then <laughs> and then in Starship Troopers, uh, Johnny Rico is KIA, but then three days later in the back to tank. <laughs> you, are you trying to say that this guy is constantly trying to try to put forward I'm saying like, that Johnny Rico is Jesus, <laughs> blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus? We all know well. Yeah, blue-eyed Jesus. Uh, yeah, smoke. Uh... <laughs> you're my hero. I don't say it enough. You really are. You're my fucking hero. That's amazing. But on the on the commentary, Verhoeven basically just said that the movie's uh, starting point message that he expanded on was "War makes fascists of us all." I would not disagree with that. Well, all those involved with it, those that sit on the sidelines. Oh, um, you, did you guys watch any of the sequels? I've never seen any of the other movies. I've I was too busy reading the fucking book. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't read the damn book. <laughs> read the book. With it. The, the second one is skippable. It's uh, it's kind of like there's kind of like a thing type uh, story going on where the bugs can get inside of your brain and like you know who's who's who and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of shit though. But the third, <laughs> they were both straight to video, right? Yes, but the the third one's a turn of Johnny Rico, Blue Eyed Jesus, and <laughs> they said he and, would come uh, back, and he did. And uh, it, it gets more into the kind of back backstory political things, and, uh, and like, and they're punishing. Uh, <laughs> it's like the greatest name for a lounge act ever. Johnny Rico, the blue-eyed Jesus. <laughs> hey, how's everyone doing tonight? My name, is, bugs. <laughs> my name is Johnny Rico, and this is Brown-Eyed Girl. But I would say that the third one is, is worth a watch. You get uh, more of that behind-the-scenes political things, and, and it kind of gets rid of the satire subtleness, and you get to see that this is really... Uh, kind of an evil obedience demanding government mm-hmm. 
and uh, I don't know. It's worth it. And plus, there's a super hot chick in this movie. Well, you've sold it to me already. <laughs> I did not realize Casper Van Dien this, came back. Chiseled this chick is uh, probably hotter than Denise Richards. Fuck off. Yeah, the main chick like, in this. As in now. I think her name is like Lola or, like, or something. Denise, like Denise Richards. Like <laughs> Oh, we need to get it straight. Are we saying Denise Richards circa 1997? It's hotter yeah, than her. Oh, this chick is... Oh, she's on point. Right, we're going to have to cut this call off now. I'm going to need to go and find out who this woman is. Uh, you, you'll stroke it. <laughs> <laughs> you have you have your beer in one hand, your dick in the other. <laughs> Would you like to know more? I don't think we're going to top that. Let's bring it in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, I, uh, I, I fucking love that you guys were willing to to do this again. And uh, I think we've got about a thousand other movies we could do. So, Yeah, I, th- I think we'll... Well, and Smoke, we'll be back. Do you want to do this again? Yeah, of course. I do, think do, it's you, saying, do I have to ask you a hundred thousand times? No, I believe, <laughs> that, I believe that if we're being fair, the next choice is yours. All right. Or... Maybe Darren should Ooh. make us make us watch something. Ooh. Yeah, let's 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 uh, let's hand it over to Darren. Uh, yeah, you you find the movie, get back in touch with us. If you haven't lost the remaining listeners, um, <laughs> add, uh, this five hour extravaganza <laughs> with the where people foolishly checked out this review expecting a movie review. <laughs> uh, well, like I Sorry, like I uh, said. State. Um, <laughs> Our episode on Long Pigs, when we last spoke, was the second most downloaded episode after the first one when people figured out what the show was about and about 10 people dropped off. Um, <laughs> it, it is now the third most downloaded episode, so I think oh, no. we've got some some gold in them yeah, that was, hills. Yeah, that was a bit shorter than this episode. Sometimes people's uh, attention gets <laughs> a bit sketchy. Um, yeah, well, if you let's let's do that then. You You pick a movie. You let us know what the movie is, and uh, we will return for for our th- third one. And I'm going to see less Trump talk, unless he's done something really fucking bad. Kofifi, um, Kofifi, Kofifi. <laughs> sounds like like sounds like some like weird sort of Italian sex act involving a wooden butt plug. I, 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 I mean, that, that makes as much sense as everything else. Hello, Sarah. I was wondering if. You want to try Kofifi? You want to go <laughs> Oh no! You must loosen your muscles for Kofifi. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, thank, uh, do you guys want to tell me where? Uh, tell our listeners where you can be found. Sorry, you must lose the muscles for coffee. If he needs to be on a t-shirt, that's a fucking amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know why anyone will listen to any more of me, but you can check me out on the, the podcast under the stairs. Um, it's on iTunes. It's on other places. It's a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. Yeah, check me out there. Smoke can theoretically be found on the Midnight Horror Show. Yeah, or you can just you can find me hanging around the house usually. <laughs> Many, uh, many, yeah. uh, many a karaoke uh, bar. Yeah, local karaoke bars. You just stop by and uh, buy me a beer, and <laughs> like you, you'll know smoke because you walk up to these house and you'll be outside whittling a bit of wood, and it's something going. Hi, a stranger. I've been expecting you. <laughs> Come on in. Don't be, don't be frightened. Don't be shy. <laughs> Take my hand, child. <laughs>
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching that later tonight. <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch it right after this recording. <laughs> oh, um, I'm going to be the bigger man and walk away. Walk. <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks guys uh for coming on here i uh, i think we had a really good uh debate and slash discussion and thanks everybody for listening if this is one big episode or two ones two two ones uh if this is just one, <laughs> one big two. episode or, or i ones, split y'all. it in half <laughs> and uh until then uh everybody take care of each other out there even though smoke doesn't want you to, or doesn't want the what? government to make you do it, that's it. Smoke doesn't I want think, the government. I believe to I'm make being misrepresented. It. Yeah, it's going to be edited in such a way that you just sound like a tall prick. Uh, <laughs> but until then, everybody take care of each other. Thanks, guys. I'm going to be the bigger man and walk away. <laughs> Of human kindness, I'll leave an extra part.